0: <laughs> clock clock hello
1: hope you guys are doing okay in your isolations
0: if you're uh, have the privilege to isolate right now
1: that's true
0: i, I would consider that a privilege that that's for sure you've been able to stay at home for almost two months now
1: well it's not exactly by choice but right
0: <laughs> right but i feel grateful that i'm not working and then I'm getting paid to sit at home.
1: Yeah. Well, we're not exactly getting paid. We pay for all of our unemployment yeah. with our taxes. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's, It's minute. not free money. And we're going to get taxed on it later as well. We're getting taxed on the money we were taxed on.
0: <laughs> I don't like that. Um,
1: yeah, so we're doing a little a check-in. Uh... No, a chicken. A chicken. <laughs> it's our our big like quote unquote quarantine news is that we got chickens. Um, a friend of ours on Instagram, yeah, on mm-hmm. Instagram story that their neighbor was getting rid of a chicken coop and like took a picture of it. and It's something we've been thinking about and talking about for a while. And fuck yeah, we jumped on that free chicken coop. Can't can't say no yep um so we went and checked it out and got it and made a couple repairs to it and modifications we made a little bit bigger of a run for it so they have more room Mm -hmm. and got some chickens too
0: we got chickens (laughs) yeah and we named them darcy and stacy after if you guys (laughs) get that Maybe we should just not say. Google it. Google Darcy and Stacy. And I don't know. go on a magic carpet right. I
1: don't know if it's that popular.
0: <laughs> it's but it's a pretty popular reference.
1: I'm gonna Google it. I don't believe it. Oh I oh, don't believe it. Let's see here.
0: Just Google Darcy and Stacy. Tell me what comes and up first.
1: Stacey.
0: Yeah, so we just got two chickens. Initially we wanted to, I wanted to get three. I wanted to get one fancy one, like a silky, something that still lays really well. Okay, it'll come out. <laughs> it, it's a very popular show, but it has, like, 30 million viewers, the one it's on. Um, yeah, I wanted to get a little silky. We were, And then we learned about this Newcastle disease thing. Found out you're not really supposed to be moving chickens around in L.A. County right now.
1: Yeah, there's an outbreak of Newcastle disease with fowl. Is it just chickens or all?
0: It's chickens, I believe. And it affects, I mean, it's more for like, you know, factory farming, like super close conditions where literally whole crops of chickens are dying, but you're not supposed to be moving stuff around in and out of the quarantine zone, which we're inside of, which is kind of interesting when you think about it. There's like been this other chicken quarantine going on for quite some time now.
1: Yeah. I mean, unless you're a chicken... Farmer, breeder, enthusiast I like, never knew about it It wouldn't, yeah, I don't see why it would really
0: Um So we were gonna go kind of like Break that quarantine zone and go get these Fancy chickens that are Uh, made somewhere Up in the bay I wanna say And then they ship them down Yeah, but I really
1: wanted Genevieve really wanted a silky and, the, and I really Wanted a, what are they Easter called? Eager. Easter egger Which makes like multiple Like multicolored eggs
0: Blue and brown and cream. Pink
1: and, yeah. yeah, all these fun colors.
0: But they were kind of expensive, and it felt like... And we had to, like, get on this whole queue waiting list. It's very competitive because, of course, right now everyone's little reptile brain survival instinct <laughs> is kicking in and we're all homesteaders now. Everyone's
1: making bread. <laughs> we're
0: making bread and we're, you know, fermenting maybe, shit. You've always yeah, been.
1: Maybe less people shit. are getting chickens, but...
0: No, but it's it's a... I mean, I've uh, seen some pretty mainstream news outlets reporting on yeah. a huge surge of chicken ownership right now, which... But you,
1: know, you need room to have sh- chickens, which I'd say maybe not everyone living in an apartment no. does have. No. Where... Baking bread is a lot easier of a...
0: Regardless, lots of people are getting yeah. chickens right now, and so it's really competitive to get chickens from this kind of more like shishi breeder farm that we were looking at. So then we saw on Craigslist that someone was uh, selling Rhode Island Reds, which is pretty much the like standard backyard chicken in a way. It's hardy, good layers easygoing like it's what they recommend what what most people would recommend for first-time chicken owners so we saw some of those set up a meeting with the guy went back there and it was kind of I mean the guy seemed really cool and it's Mm -hmm. just like what like a little side hustle and I respect that and everything but they were kind of in a really close confinement with cages and concrete and probably lived their whole life like that so I guess I was kind of happy to get them out of there yeah hopefully lots of girls get out of there
1: it can be a little more free range here Mm
0: -hmm. well we tried to we tried to free range them but that's not popocytic for your garden yeah
1: they're packing the well not packing scratching the fuck out of a lot of parts of the garden they're just
0: trampling things and yeah digging
1: but they we made them like their own little fenced off area so they can like run around free now they don't have the, the whole yard but they have their own area
0: yeah, and um, they've been pretty good about, except for, t- they've been pretty good about not flying out, except a few nights ago, we were having a conversation that lasted deep into the night, and we forgot about. <laughs> yeah, about we forgot
1: to put them back inside for the night, so predators and shit can't get them, and.
0: So they na- they naturally have a instinct to roost at night, to make themselves safe from predators, so they went up and roosted, and we were like, fuck.
1: Oh, well, we went out there, and we're like, oh shit, where the fuck are they?" <laughs>
0: And we couldn't find them anywhere. We kinda of started flashing our flashlights around and Temba found Stacy up in the elephant grass, which is kinda of like bamboo like grass that we have growing on the side of our yard. And then we couldn't find Darcy and I I felt like she probably had flown into the grass and fallen or stumbled down or something like that. So I we went down onto the street and she was perched up on the fence on the street, just kinda of looking like at like face level of where yeah. a person would walk by <laughs> just like perched there which i thought would, would have been kind of funny had someone come along and just seen this chicken
1: oh i think i think if we left her out there all night someone, someone would have someone taken. taken her <laughs> okay,
0: sure. but we found her we brought her back up and that was our big chicken drama and then today stacy jumped up on the top of the coop and started clucking in a way i haven't heard her cluck which I looked up and it sounds like there's like an, an egg laying chorus that like chickens do after one of them lays an egg they all celebrate and Yay! and cluck about because <laughs> Darcy had just laid an egg. Stacy hasn't started laying yet. But um Stacy is clucking but kinda like a rooster. Like it didn't sound like a cock a cock, but like bah,
1: bah. Yeah they one thing I really like about them is they're they're pretty quiet. Yeah. Like even they only really make noise if you're like near them or trying to pick them up, then they're kinda of, they're kinda of like wah, wah, wah. really but it's low, very really low. Yeah, it's very low. Um which is nice not to Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> so
0: they're not loud, girls. But today was the most I've really ever heard out of them when she jumped up there. Yeah. Like I could hear her from inside the house, which is unusual.
1: Is it an egg celebration.
0: I guess so. <laughs> unless she's a, unless she's a hermaphrodite, chicken rooster, which can happen, which is that hens with I guess like a, a some kind of gene mutation can exhibit the behavior and the look of a rooster, but still be a sexed female. Yeah. Maybe she that's her because she hasn't laid any eggs yet. She's either young or she's old or she's secretly a rooster.
1: She might be a late bloomer. She doesn't really look like a, a rooster, though. No, not yet. Not yet.
0: <laughs> I don't know. I'm, like, obsessed with the idea now that she's, <laughs> she's a she's a trans chicken.
1: Oh, that's cool. We'll, or, we'll I, eat her.
0: Yeah, we'll eat her. <laughs> we'll eat her. <laughs> that, eat oh, them. <laughs> we'll eat them. Um, but, yeah, the chickens are kind of, I don't know. You know, I can't remember what we talked about on the last podcast, but I feel like it was kind of about...
1: Uh, I think uh, it was, like, a testicle update. Ooh, testicles, and, that's right. And um, there's something else. And, and I think we were just kind of ranting about the whole COVID thing. The
0: COVID thing, yeah. It seemed like that was relatively new at the time, now.
1: Yeah, I feel like this is... Have we been here forever?
0: <laughs> <laughs> is this our lives now? Well, um, it is. It is. But. It is, and I feel like it's unlikely to... Uh, Ch- change to anything we've been familiar with back to anything we've been familiar with anytime soon besides so like I don't know I'm pretty familiar with hanging out at the house so
1: yeah you're okay
0: I'm good excuse me and having the chickens I don't know I get a little like obsessive with new things you know.
1: Mhm. <laughs> Every morning, Jenny wakes up oh, the girls, and she like runs out there, and, and I check and on you, them like once an hour. You sit there and you watch them for like a good half an hour in the well, morning, which good. is good. You it's get some good. sunlight and yeah, I've been pressure. out in the garden
0: more. That's good, right? But yeah. But also, it's good to observe your flock because then, once if if anything changes, if weird behaviors, if they weird behaviors, you know what's normal and what's not. It's just like a breast check. Yeah. You know, checking for Oh, is that a lump? I check them. Check my lumps. Those are in the normal lumps. Those are normal lumps. My boobs feel cold. Did we talk about the breastfeeding thing on the last episode, or the? I think we did a little, right?
1: I think so. Right before we started. this podcast. I mean, we did on. We did on. Only Onlyfans fans too.
0: Right before we started this podcast, it was squeezing a few drips out of me. So we got a full farm here. We've got milk. It's like a mini
1: farm.
0: We've got a micro farm. <laughs> I'm the heifer. Is that what they call milk, milking cows? Have I finished? think that's
1: just, I think that's a, a female yeah, cow.
0: And then we got two chickens. I want more chickens. No. Did we watch that? We, watch- we don't, oh God.
1: <laughs> hey, well, we don't have enough room for more chickens right now, uh-huh. ethically, I don't think. I, I but mean, But no. yeah, we watched, what was the name of that movie? Uh,
0: For the Birds?
1: It was like a documentary about this like...
0: Chicken lady. Chicken hoarder. hoarder, chicken hoarder. <laughs> she had like a hundred and fifty chickens, geese, ducks, turkeys, in like squalid conditions and living in her
1: in her house. house. Her house was her like house was a, a chicken, chicken coop.
0: coop. Her husband was really fed up with it's it because he was is wit, sleeping. Wit's end they with were like sleeping with chickens, with chickens shitting in the bed next to them. It was. And it seemed like he worked awful.
1: nights, and they had like roosters fucking really, making oh. noise in the morning, and just, yeah.
0: It was something. Uh <laughs> I'm not gonna become a chicken hoarder. I promise you this.
1: No more chickens unless we have like yeah, unless we're like Unless one of them dies or something too. I mean <laughs> more space.
0: Yeah i mean i think we could stand for one more but integrating them is difficult so it's not worth it yeah you know unless we got it from the same guy yeah oh well, they have their little zone they're back fine. there, if there was
1: another one it's like shrinks the space yeah, more they're it's good. like we want them to be happy and be able to run around and
0: so darcy is the aggressive one
1: yeah stacy's like a little more dumb like, yeah, maybe the outward appearances, but I think we both were like, maybe Stacy's actually the genius. She's just she like, just like waits back mm-hmm. and
0: lets. <laughs> Darcy is like very aggressive in seeking and gaining food. Uh, she spends a lot of energy, whereas Stacy just stands there, ex- exerting almost no energy. And then, if, yeah, Darcy <laughs> finds
1: something, Stacy kind of comes over. But. Stacy's bigger, so
0: maybe she's bigger because she doesn't exercise and she just scavenges (laughs) whatever jersey finds. She's she's yeah she's funny.
1: They have their own little weird bird personalities. They're little dinosaurs. It's
0: so wild. Yeah, it's been it's interesting. I never you know I've always wanted to be a pigeon breeder. Remember? Mm -hmm. I I don't know if we've talked about this on the podcast, but. I have this book that I got when I was stoned at the Mall of America <laughs> in my 20s. And I was like, what the fuck is this? And I stole it from Barnes & Noble. And it's, uh, it's called Extraordinary Pigeons. And it's I've just never seen anything like this. These like rare and exotic pigeon breeds. Look it up if you're by a computer phone. Look up Extraordinary Pigeons and you'll see what I'm talking about. I call them
1: freaky-ass pigeons. Yeah,
0: I first... I always... It's weird. (laughs) I I showed it to Tim when we started dating because I like to... This is silly, and it's more of a tongue-in-cheek thing than a real thing, but I like to show the pigeons to people I'm dating and see how they react to it because <laughs> most people haven't seen the freaky ass pigeons um
1: how was my reaction
0: good you were you were high you were like you were on edibles or something <laughs> you, and you freaked the fuck out it was very funny I, I'd you never were like seen... what are these freaky ass pigeons yeah i'd
1: never seen anything <laughs> like that like them were like just, like, super long legs, really long necks, or, like, weird, puffy growths Scary. on them. Like, yeah, it's it's weird what humans have done, like, yeah. inbreeding pigeons and making them all I mean, really, all the strange, selective like, breeding yeah, humans it's,
0: do is kind of fucked up.
1: And, and then we went to, like, the pigeon fanciers thing right. in, like, I can't remember where it was, like, Orange County or some Ontario, shit. I Ontario, think, Yeah. And, yeah, then you kind of changed your mind mm-hmm. after seeing all of them in their little tiny cage. Right. Like, in real life, they're kind of sad. Yeah,
0: it, have, <laughs> it had always been my dream then to someday be a pigeon breeder. We had a big group of friends I wanted to go, and I was yeah. so excited because I'd wanted to go to it the year before, but we I hadn't learned about it until a few days afterwards. Was that your box? I don't know. I feel like I heard the mailman. Pot. Um... But we, we, yeah, so we went to the show and it was, I mean, it's part of it is just the the showing area is just cage, like rows and rows and rows of cages in this huge conference hall yeah, cages on
1: top of cages and they're like really small and you
0: know the birds are freaking out it's so much. it's just so much information so all the birds just seem really nervous and scared and freaked out and then on top of that they they're look all, look so, them up they're fucking freaky <sighs> ass pigeons they look fucking weird there's
1: it's, people like hawking pigeons out of the trunks of their cars yes, in the parking lot illegal, but they're doing it was, it was yeah it. it was a lot it was a lot <laughs> Everyone,
0: I, we talked, remember that first room, we went in the that person was selling pigeon boxes and his big claim to fame was that Mike Tyson was one of his customers. Yeah, Mike, Mike, Mike Tyson, was, Tyson loves, yeah. uh, apparently kept pigeons. I don't know if <laughs> yeah, he he's still va- does. He's a very, but... Yeah, very famous pigeon fancier. Um, but yeah, so I don't know, I guess I've always been interested in fowl, but I never really thought I'd get into chickens specifically but now that we have them i'm like i i'm not so curious about the breeds but it's i mean it's just really interesting every time a question comes up like kind of learning more about them they're kind of cool they and they are the closest relative to tyrannosaurus rex (laughs) genetically which is kind of wild to think about um so yeah we love the girls they're cool they're cool (laughs) cool. and that's that's and that's that on that chickens Um, what else do you want to talk about this episode?
1: Mm, I don't know. I think that's it. No! Now now you want to talk more? Yeah. What else is there to talk about?
0: Well, we've been stuck here.
1: Um, what else have we been doing? I mean, that's mostly it.
0: You've been doing beer and beer fairy. Yeah,
1: I started doing this beer fairy thing yesterday was the first time. Two days ago two days oh was it two days yep oh i don't know
0: (laughs) who am i what time is it so
1: i mean if you don't know i i brew beer and um the most
0: delicious (laughs) sacred healing and herbal beers you will ever have if you ever have the privilege of having them which only a few of us get to (laughs) Temba refuses to sell out
1: oh i i'm not opposed to selling them but i don't know if i i looked into your brother like I my mean, brother's obsessed. With yeah, your brother was saying, "Oh, should have you ever thought of doing it commercially?" And like, I kind of thought about it, but after you told me that, I like kind of googled what is it, you know, what's the process of starting a brewery, or, and it's too much shit that I don't really want to deal with. I have no interest in running a business, and I, it's like a million dollar startup, and like, I'd rather like sell my beer on the underground, like supper clubs or like. Raves or art things or whatever it sounds way more interesting to me than like actually running a brewery unless there's someone unless I know someone that's like hey I want to do all the business shit mm-hmm. and you just do all the fun creative shit and we haven't we're aligned on even if, if I did that I wouldn't want to do like a big brewery it would be a very small and kind of not sold in stores just there mm-hmm. kind of a thing um, but yeah, so uh, I've been brewing a bunch of beer during the lockdown shit, and um, I want to like share some good cheer to people who are interested in beer or whatever I'm doing with beer. So I wrote, put put on Instagram that I was giving away some beer, and the first people to comment, um, we're gonna get some. So the other day I rode around and delivered. Like, two beers, I think it was, to each person, I think. Well, the the night before, I gave some to Marissa and her partner, and then, like, three other people. Mm -hmm. So, that's the plan for that, is to keep that going.
0: Gift beer.
1: Gift beer, beer gifting. No one gave me any empty Mm -hmm. bottles, though, so I gotta, like, scrounge up some more Mm. bottles.
0: Were they supposed to give you empty bottles?
1: Well, um, I asked for it, yeah. I was like, Mm. if you have empties, please give me empties. Um, but if not, it was okay. I think one person said they had some, but they didn't end up bringing them out. Mm. But that's fine. Mm. That's that on that. I love that. I love
0: <laughs> that. I love your propensity towards gifting. I yeah. Think it's, yeah, I think it's beautiful. Oh. Yeah. I
1: mean, what am I gonna do? Drink it all? I mean, I could, but. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I don't know. It's, it's just. A, it's just. I like that you have that. Like even even like you just sold a flogger a few days ago and you were like, I'm just going to throw this knife in for free, you know? I think that's like right, especially right now because obviously like the, econ- the economy is theoretically crumbling and things are going to have to be reorganized. Like I'm really interested in still this idea of economies built on gifting as like a, po- like a possible alternative to what we've done now. You know, obviously things like Burning Man, like... Are predicated upon that concept, but actually aren't in any way practicing that concept except symbolically. Yeah. You know, I mean, but I'm interested in like what that would, could, would, and could look like just even by practicing it among your own community, you know? What yeah. does it mean to give things without expecting anything in return except for some empty bottles? So I guess yeah. technically, I mean, you we're it bartering without a strict barter. I mean, it
1: wasn't like, I was like, if you have it, sure throw a couple my way if not sure and
0: even that's good that's just like a way of suggesting suggesting without expecting reciprocity yeah
1: and it's like i don't know it's like an upcycle thing too because i mean i don't know exactly what everyone does with their bottles but so many people just throw them out or just put them in the recycling and don't think about it and Mm. it's like well if we here's a direct reuse action you know right um uh, but aside from like someone who's maybe like collecting the bottles to trade trade in for the what's it called the CV value, mm-hmm. um, but and it's and it's kind of a play it forward thing too because I I, pre- I present it as so I can keep doing this mm-hmm. I I can't do it without bottles otherwise mm-hmm. what am I gonna do like pour it in your hands, <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. but yeah I don't know I like gifting it's especially if it's something like. Something I've made or produced, like, with love or whatever, you know, Mm -hmm. to be able to give that to someone else is, like, I don't, I don't really, I don't really, I don't have a hoardy, I guess. No. Way of thinking about things. Maybe some things, like, I don't like to lend out my tools, because often they've come back in worse shape than they went out, but...
0: It seems like you you have a practice of making many things in many ways, gardening, beer, kombucha, alleged maybe things we we shouldn't talk about on the podcast, (laughs) Um, you know, but... And it seems like a lot of your doing that is tied to gifting, of having things that are valuable, but also relatively low cost to create from your end, right? And Mm -hmm. kind of just, like create a cycle of generosity, like a, uh, a a, general, yeah, cycle of generosity in the relationships you have. It's very like, um, yeah, like a relational practice to have so many things that you can give away. Yeah. I think it's interesting because, too, because, I mean, these are things that it's like a seed turns into this much larger, much more generative, material you know and that but that's so different than having worked for money to get a tool or something like that which is like a static entity that you had to do all of this labor to procure you know it's like it's I don't know I, I do think it's really interesting the things that you're giving to you know like recycled wood salvaged wood that you got for almost nothing but being able to like create
1: it's not almost nothing.
0: <laughs> well, okay. I I guess I'm thinking of like the early the early. Oh, okay. That we
1: got. Yeah, there's there was a early batch of wood we got for like Craigslist for free. free. Someone was sure. like cleaning out their uh, storage unit.
0: Right. No, you're right. But the newer stuff is not. The like newer
1: that. stuff's not low cost.
0: Um, but still, just like I don't know. I just think. I think it's interesting and I think if more people had that mindset or even just enjoyed making things like for me example for me as an example like I don't have that many things to gift in that way except intangible things which is like always I don't know
1: But, I mean intangible things are no less worth you know it's
0: they're just yeah they're they're no less worth it's just a different economy you know it's, Yeah. It's, it's the same economy but it's like a different Uh, materiality is like really essential to our lives you know yeah
1: but it's it's also it's like what it's what who's the person and what exactly is the thing Mm because like to someone like recite like writing a poem for them Mm -hmm. might be like that might be the thing that really like brightens their day and they feel wonderful about Mm -hmm. that just as much as someone might not give a shit about beer, you yeah, know. <laughs> sure.
0: No, that's true.
1: So it's yeah. I, I don't think the whatever the thing is, whether it's tangible or intangible, doesn't make it worth any more or less. It's mm-hmm. it's like who, wh- what is it worth to that person or you know.
0: But I do think that the practice of tangibles teaches us a lot about like the tangibles that we're, we're dealing with through money, you know. Mm-hmm. So I th- I find that to be interesting cuz like tangibly we need food, shelter, water. Yeah. You know, things like that. And thinking of like alternate economies for uh cycling, like cycling and recycling and gifting those tangible necessities is interesting and I think when you're working in gifts the way that you you do work in gifts you know it's like can be a really valuable way of thinking about how how other things how necessities can become gifts as well you know Mm -hmm. and I guess I'm thinking of it because you know since we last had the the podcast I was feeling way more as you know I was feeling way more on edge about like rent and like what you know What's gonna happen if we don't have money next month and da da da? You know all of that stuff. Yeah, it was feeling really like kind of like, not scary but precarious in like a exciting way I guess. Like ooh, this could be the start of a, a new way of thinking about these things, necessities, housing, everything like that. But then we got our um, unemployment, <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's been like. Interesting, kind of disappointing, kind of giving me a lot to think about since then, about like, oh, well now my basic needs are covered by my unemployment check, and then some, you know, like there's a surplus of money that the government's now giving me to survive, and it really like, cha- it's, I don't know, it's, it makes me feel uneasy.
1: Yeah. But it's, like we I pointed out before, I, we, we have to contextualize it it's not just giving you money that money is our money the collective Mm whole the government didn't just the government didn't work for that money the government took that money in the form of taxes from you from me from everyone else you know um it's not free money it comes off the backs of everyone here and you know Mm mm-hmm and they're still gonna tax you on it
0: <laughs> yeah and i mean i got my stimulus check as well which i realized like if i'm being wise with it i should take it and apply it towards a accountant who can go back to my nine years of unfiled tax returns <laughs> and like settle that you know so that money that i owe in taxes. Has essentially come back to me in the form of a stimulus check that I'll then just pay back. It's 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 just silly, you know. But that's probably what I'm gonna do with that, just so that in the future that doesn't come back. The fact that I've you know refused to pay taxes for so many years will come back to get me, and it has in the past in the form of like a bank lien. But I don't want that again. I don't want to pay taxes either. (laughs) But I guess now's (laughs) the time since they just sent me some tax money.
1: Yeah, I mean taxes really sh- should be like we were talking about with my mom last night is each and every person yeah. who pays taxes gets to allocate where those taxes go. No voting
0: yeah we don't need re- we don't need to vote, vote for like, fake representatives we've already
1: found that you know politicians don't represent the people that even if they promise
0: them. to represent certain like, issues you hold dear how often do they actually yeah. represent we those?
1: should be able to say i want this much of my money to go to universal health care mm-hmm. i want this much to go to education i don't want any to go to the military. I don't want any mm-hmm. to go to... I don't know. I
0: would feel so much...
1: Bailouts for companies or, like, fuck that shit. Let the banks fail. Let the auto companies fail.
0: I would have no problem paying taxes if I knew that that money was allocated... Proper- Properly. Appropriately, yeah. you know? So much
1: of it goes to the military. It's so inappropriate. And such a huge chunk of that goes to, like, the black budget, which is, like, who knows what the fuck mm-hmm. Raytheon so much of it goes and to Skunk Police. Works Policing is doing. Yeah. And,
0: prisons it's just
1: yeah
0: i don't like it but i'm have like i do have like so much hope that this is like a moment where things can be restructured you know even in a small way to benefit people albeit not all people but some people more Mm -hmm. um i want to believe that can happen but, but i don't know (laughs) i do i I do think it's it's interesting time to be rethinking and i think a lot of people are doing this naturally like thinking about what can they make themselves what can they what can they trade between themselves and friends what can they give to each other do you feel like you're seeing like more of that in social media more like gifting and exchange like bartering type of stuff um i
1: haven't really seen that much bartering that i've noticed but yeah, it seems like like I was saying before. Yeah, people are baking bread,
0: which is you and... know it's trendy and sm- small and kind of dumb. But it's also like, it. I think that I think people's instinct is to want to do want to create for themselves. Yeah. And want to help out their friends or neighbors or family or whatever, you know? Yeah. I mean,
1: I think, I feel like it's not, I don't, I don't see any more bartering or anything than normal. I think it depends on where you are. So I think that's a normal part of reality for people who don't make much money is that you rely on your friends, your family, Mm -hmm. you know, I'll help you out here. You help Mm -hmm. me out here. Like that's a survival Mm -hmm. mechanism for many people. Of Um, So I, to me, it seems much more performative on Mm. social media than Mm. anything. I don't see, I'm not really seeing that much, um, bartering or anything like that. I feel like the people I do see, like, doing little, like, food drops and stuff are people, like, in the kink community that were doing that before. Mm. Um, maybe not to the same, maybe not to the same, um frequency like as much and mm-hmm. it's it's gone up you know now that there's people him. in the com- in like the kink community that you know are by themselves mm-hmm. they their partners are far away or don't have partners mm-hmm. and you know have kind of been landlocked in yeah. their living situation but I don't know
0: there's also the redistribution of funds you know that's happening I'm not going to say wealth because I don't think the actual wealth is being redistributed <laughs> appropriately again but people that that thing of like helping each other out too. There's so many you know mutual aid projects and mm. ways to give money to people and 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 projects that need it right now. Yeah. Which has, you know, been going on forever with GoFundMe's and stuff, and obviously it's disturbing when you see how much medical care is is done that way. You know, because yeah. we, you know, most of us would say that should be a human right that the government provides. But at the same time, I'm sort of like, well, maybe the like networked care of constantly redistributing the funds we have as this kind of global neighborhood is like a better goal to strive towards instead of saying, OK, I'll yeah, give the government my money and they're going to figure out how to distribute it for us. You know? Yeah, I definitely prefer and like to see people redistributing the money.
1: I mean, that would be ideal, but I don't think. I don't think the government's going to give up no. collecting those taxes. No, so, of the fact that they're taking so much money from us, they need to be putting that into uh, social welfare. Because and they're not. yeah, they're not. It's going to fatten like corporate interests, it's going to the military. Mm-hmm. And neither of those. And the pharmaceutical is, companies, yeah. which are going to profit well, that's so a, much. Uh, that's a corporation. Yeah. Like, they don't, that doesn't benefit, that doesn't benefit the people that are, that's generating this mm-hmm. income for the government.
0: I just like to see, I like to see that, and I, I guess, like, I guess my opinions on UBI might be changing a little bit. Yeah. Experience Experiencing for the first time getting money as a baseline for existing, um the way that we are right now with unemployment, it definitely makes me think differently about it. But but my biggest issue with UBI has always been if we if UBI was enacted, I've, I've always felt like inflation would be an issue. Because if everyone has a baseline, won't everything inflate to make that baseline less valuable? But that's just maybe my basic understanding of economics. Maybe it doesn't work that way.
1: Yeah. I mean... I feel like we've kind of been in a constant cycle of that ever since. I can't remember which pre- president it was. Like, took the U.S. dollar off of being backed by anything. Like, it's We literally have fiat currency. It's not worth anything. It's it's. I
0: mean the the value is is made up anyway. Yeah,
1: it's all made up. <laughs> it's all because uh, it it used to be backed by a gold standard, um, mm-hmm. but it no longer is. Like our money's it's all it's, it's play money it's like mm-hmm. we're all, we all collectively have agreed that this is something when it's really not
0: so does the fed set the value like what what is the, the federal reserve
1: um yeah i believe so They're just kinda like, but we'll the federal sure. reserve is like a private bank it's mm-hmm. not it's there's nothing federal about the federal reserve mm-hmm. it's, it's just a title or the the name itself just makes it sound like it's a government agency when it's really it's part of the, uh, what is it, the World, World Bank.
0: Mm-hmm. But, yeah, the, the idea of UBI is making more sense to me experiencing it. Uh, in a sense, experiencing it now. Because, I mean, we're essentially getting $2,400 plus a month with, our, with that $600 addition to the unemployment. And that's a lot of money to me. <laughs> like, that's a lot of money and I don't really need it for anything because we're not buying entertainment or eating out or going on trips. I'm not buying anything, you know? Yeah. Oh, you So have the, a- the best I can do is redistribute it, what I don't need, you know? Yeah. But So having the luxury of that, too, the luxury of redistributing t- to the things that I believe in, you know, or the, the causes that I believe in, I guess, people I want to see thrive, whatever. Um... I think that that is, like, an like an interesting part of the UBI idea, too, is, like, if you have everything you need, like, I have a low cost of life, then being able to say, it, then, then it does become voting with your dollar in that same way it, that we can't, with taxes, say, go towards this, go towards this, go towards this. UBI allows you to say, okay, the, I have my needs covered and I have this surplus, so I'm going to put it towards this, this, and this, you know? Yeah. And I like when individuals are able to allocate funding as yeah. opposed to begging your representatives to allocate it.
1: Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I don't think that's a reality for a lot of people, though, because if you have kids oh, or a course, bigger family, of it's course. like...
0: But that's where, that's where I mean yeah. that surplus goes. That surplus should go so that people have their needs met. If, they're, if the UBI isn't meeting their needs, yeah. but then I can take the surplus and re- relocate it. Hopefully enough people are doing that to pe- people and pl- things that they care about that everyone's needs are then met. Yeah. You know, it's a networked re- reverberation. Yeah. But there's a lot of people that will be forgotten in that. Yeah, That's and the there's reality. a lot of people that won't
1: be reached sure. in that, too, because... Mm-hmm. You know people are still people and there's going to mm-hmm. be people who sit on that yep. money and
0: yep. well or and just that's, going
1: out and buying consumer shit.
0: right and that's the other thing then it's like that's a very like idealistic way of thinking about how that funding could happen because yeah i think i think i think there's just things in our own minds kind of like you gotta you you have to like recognize when your inner cop is at work right which I think has, like, been an interesting thing in quarantine, too, is the the people's propensity towards policing other people's behavior. I felt myself do it, but kind of yeah. as a joke in some ways, too, being like, ooh, that's bad. But, like, I'm not going to, you know, I'm not going to tell anyone how they should actually live, nor do I actually know what the correct thing to do in any circumstances right now. No one does. Yeah. The People writing <laughs> the guidelines don't really know, you know. But it's like quieting that inner cop, quieting that inner capitalist, quieting that inner politician, whatever it is. Like There are things, think, I think, being born in this, this this particular system that are conditioned into us that takes take deconditioning. For sure. Or decolonizing or whatever you want to call it, you know? Yeah. So that if you have that... And, and so, that, yeah, going back to the UBI, it's like if you have that money and you start deconditioning the things that say hoard that money, keep that money to yourself. Oh, you deserve to buy some luxury good with that money because all the advertisements tell you you deserve to buy that luxury item with that money and trying to decondition that part of yourself that that's, has sold you that narrative. Well, you know, then that allows you to not hold and hoard so much. Speaking of hoarding, should we talk about hoarders? I went into a deep hole. You want to. I don't know. <laughs> I, think, I, thought, I thought watching Hoarders was really interesting, and I guess I'll, I'll keep it more topical than personal, but we watched uh, the l- newest season of Hoarders from last year. That was on Netflix. and I think it's really interesting to watch. Hoarders has always been really triggering for me because my parents are both, I would say, low-level Hoarders. They get a lot of stuff. They hold on to a lot of stuff. They have a really hard time... Letting go of stuff, and I grew up around a lot of stuff, so I get really triggered by um, hoarding scenes of hoarding, <laughs> clutter piles, and like excess, yeah, excessive stuff makes me really anxious. So I told you that before we watched the show. Yeah. <laughs> but we decided to watch it anyway, and I did. I did kind of get past my initial anxiety, and it was really into the show, especially because I think hoarding is such a f- fascinating. Phenomenon and and sickness, in in our culture.
1: Yeah, it's an interesting psychology.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: It's um, I don't know. Yeah, it's uh, I I when Genevieve and I first got together, I was working part time for like a moving and storage company, mm-hmm. and firsthand got to experience some pretty intense hordes Yeah. Um. So yeah, I I guess I. I have like a little come at it from like a little different perspective, having not really like have the experience of living in it, but being expected to pick people's like hordes up and pack them up. Mm, (laughs) Gross. Just yeah, pretty pretty gnarly.
0: But it's interesting. I thought I thought watching the stories on the show was interesting because of some of the tendencies towards hoarding that have come up with the pandemic. Mm. For example, the first couple weeks of people, and this is still happening, people mass hoarding toilet paper, which I thought was so interesting (laughs) to me. That's like, you know, Freud talks about babies having either an anal or oral fixation and that that stays with you and affects you throughout your life, I guess. And I thought that was very clear, like, all right, all the people with anal fixations went (laughs) to mass bought toilet paper to... Feel like they were going to be secure with clean butts <laughs> if they couldn't leave their homes. <laughs> that was really kind of a fascinating so psychology. So random, yeah. So I, I don't, you know, I don't get it. And it's proven to not be necessary because the supply chains haven't broken down. We're still allowed to go to the grocery store. And yeah, I, uh, but, but those sort of things and yeah, just the hoarding. I think I mentioned it on the last podcast too, like before we started getting our unemployment my i I said like my 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 own hoarding instinct or instinct to hold came into play just like well i'm not ready to redistribute what excess money i have because what if i need it you know this kind of anxious grasping which might be survivalistic in some ways but i would say that survivalism and hoarding are super entwined you know People, not not like all those people on the hoarder show were preppers, pre- you know, they weren't. But there's something, I think, where people hoard for fear of loss.
1: Yeah, I'd say, I don't know if it's, uh, at least from my perspective, I don't know if it's as connected to survival in the sense of, like, I need this resource to It's like to psychological eat. survival. Yeah, it's more of like a, yeah, like a uh, like a projected Survival uh, defense, mechanism. defense mechanism. Yeah. Yeah. Where think. it's it's not. Yeah, it's not like it's like something directly. Like, they
0: think they need all that stuff to protect themselves from something they can't quite.
1: So, yeah, something they can't control or can't. bring or into consciousness yeah.
0: per se. But uh, yeah, I, I did. I do think it's. I would say I would recommend listeners watching hoarders if you can stomach it. It's a little. It's truly. It truly activates the fifth. Sense human uh, sense of disgust or emotion of disgust, like it's it's gross, it's disgusting, you know. And, and to me, it's like not I'm not saying disgusting like you those gross individuals who do that. It, I mean, just the disgust is like it's part of a larger issue that I really think is bred of being born in a capitalistic society, and not yeah. all not all societies have like hoarding as a psychological condition. You know, it's a real. It's a real condition for our particular sick, particularly sick society in America.
1: Excess.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, excess in the American dream and yeah. excess in like, I can have it all and excess and I need this, all this stuff to prove my worth as a human.
1: Materialism, yeah.
0: Materialism, yeah. But, you know, chickens. I think it's all really related and interesting and I do think like chickens so we got the chickens for eggs you know and it kind of I don't know to me that all like spirals together in an interesting way of like going back to the gift and 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 all of the gifts that we cultivate and receive from that outdoor space that we have you Mm -hmm. know And that you cultivate with the earth and the worms and the bacteria and the mycelium and and now these chickens, which are different than plants, but not too different, right? In which way? (laughs) I don't know. I've been thinking about that thing we talk about when we have done interviews for Sacred Sadism about um, valuing organisms with two eyes like oh uh, yeah and I've, I kind of noted it in myself I was like why am I so much more interested in the chickens than I am in the garden you know and I'm I'm spending more time with the garden you know
1: yeah I think pr- it's probably a more like conceptually relatable experience it's a thing that moves and you can watch it mm-hmm. eat and whereas pl- and poop and- yeah whereas plants are like a much more slow moving to the you know to the naked eye kind of an organism you know some plants are pretty quick growing where we go out there and like the beans are like
0: the beans are just spiraling like oh wow
1: that thing's really moving but so many other plants you know it's Mm not it's not as readily observable Mm -hmm. um in that sense but
0: and the chickens give these, like, really, ta- like, ta- at least Darcy gives this really tangible gift every day of the egg, you know? Mm-hmm. Not that she's thinking of it as a gift, per se.
1: Yeah, she's like, I'm making babies. It's just
0: <laughs> what she does, just like, I'm shedding my uterine lining right now, and I'm going to give that blood to the plants. Like, is that a gift similar to Stacy, I don't know, because Stacy's not consciously giving us the egg to eat, nor does I think she know, realize that we're taking those eggs and eating them yeah darcy did i say darcy or stacy
1: i thought you said darcy okay
0: i said darcy <laughs> but anyway it, oh, yeah well let's just leave it at that i do think the chicken the gift which came first the the chicken or the, the gift that's the name of the episode yeah yeah okay <laughs> the chicken or the gift
1: and so it shall be named And
0: so it was <laughs> and so it was Clock, clock,
1: clack. And things will all gold. Cool. Thanks for listening. Hope you guys are doing okay out there.
0: Send us your stuff as I'm about to repeat in the outro. Send us your stuff. Send us your email as I'm about to repeat in the outro. <laughs> <laughs> Bye.
1: Bye. Thanks for listening to Cosmic Halitosis.
0: If you have questions or comments or want to yell something at us, email us at cosmic with a K halitosis cosmic at gmail.com
1: please subscribe and like the podcast
0: and you can follow us on our personal instagram accounts i am gorgeous taps and temba is tembizzle t-e-m-b-i-z-z-l-e thanks for listening